welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on October 23, 2016 by a guest preacher, Ben Phelps, on the basis of 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 through 11. There's only one person who can save us, only one person who can fix all of your problems. There's only one candidate who can save us from the other candidate. Perhaps you've been hearing this type of thing a lot and a lot, probably too much, as we've gone through the debates and all the news coverage leading up to the election in just a few weeks. Politicians will often try to sway voters by promising that they could fix your problem better than that other candidate. But there's one promise you'll never hear any politician, not even Trump or Clinton, will make this promise. They will never promise to fix our biggest problem, that problem we have with death. We can't rely on a politician to fix that problem for us. And if you think about it, you can't rely on yourself either. But there is someone you can rely on. You can rely on the God who raises the dead. Now some people may say, I don't believe in God because if God really existed, he wouldn't let something like death happen. This statement recognizes that death is horrible, death is terrifying, and it seems so natural. Other people may say, I believe in God, but I blame him for death. Isn't he supposed to be in control of everything? How could he let something like death ever happen? Well, these statements, although they sound convincing, they sound rational, they ignore some cold, hard facts. Death isn't God's problem. He's not the one who's going to die. It's our problem. We are the ones who have to face and struggle with death. And all along, it was not God's plan for us to die. He wanted us to live forever and never die. He planned for us to live a life free from pain and suffering. But we have inherited these corrupt and deformed bodies that keep on dying. We got our DNA, our genetic makeup from our parents, and they got their make up from their parents, our grandparents, and you keep on going back. Everyone has a corrupted body, and they pass that on to everyone else. Think back to your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your first ancestors who came to live in this country, your first ancestors who ever picked up and used a metal tool, our first ancestors who took a step off the ark that saved them from the worldwide flood, our first ancestor who took a bite of fruit, from that tree in the Garden of Eden, all these people had sinful and corrupted bodies and passed them on to us. We don't really have a chance of having a perfect life to meet the standards that God demands for a life without sin. No, sin ruined God's plan for our life that would be free from pain and suffering. We have this huge debt of sin we can never pay off. Some people don't make that connection between debt and sin, but we really can't do anything about it. No matter what we do, we can always point to the good things that we do and maybe try to get out of our punishment and our penalty for our sin, which is death. But imagine if you went out drinking one night and you crashed your car into someone else and you killed them and you sat before a judge in court. Could you say, judge, but I volunteered at all these other charities. You have to let me off for just killing this one person. It's only one person. 
Is that going to work? Is that going to work to point to all the good things that you do to get out of that one crime you may have committed? No, it's, it's never going to work. Asking someone to pay off a debt of sin is like asking a five-year-old to use his piggy bank to pay off the national debt. It's just not going to work. Every step that we take forward, it's like taking 10 steps back. Maybe you struggle with arguing with your spouse or a family member more than you thought you ever would. Children struggle with listening to their parents, and friends struggle with not saying bad things about their friends behind their backs. If we can't even do these somewhat simple things, how are we ever going to deal with these problems like sin, of lust, of greed, of stealing, and hate? We really have no chance of paying off a debt like that. Yet some people don't see that connection between debt and sin. They become optimistic. They look at things like our national average lifespan. People tend to be living longer and longer these days. You might not be surprised if you know many people who are over 80 or 90 or even 100. 50 years ago, that would have been very impressive to know someone that old. Perhaps you look at books like the Guinness World Record book, and you find that the oldest person who ever lived in recent history lived to the age of 122. Wow, that's impressive. If you were around in the year 1997, you still could have talked to this woman and asked her what it was like to grow up in the 1870s and to meet someone like Vincent van Gogh, wow, that's impressive, 122 years. But when you compare her lifespan to the lifespans of people in the Bible, it's really not all that impressive. Men like Adam and Methuselah and others lived to be over 900 years old. Then with time, sin and corruption has caused our bodies to live shorter and shorter lives. By the time we get to Abraham, he only lived to be 175. Only 175. But can any of us hope to compete with that? No, our 80 to 90 years of life isn't really all that impressive. Yet others are optimistic. They don't look at the lifespan, but they look ahead more towards the future. They say the scientific community has been able to solve so many problems, so many physical diseases. Maybe they'll eventually find the cure for everything that kills us. And to be fair, the medical and scientific community has been a great blessing for us. Polio is really cured, no longer an epidemic like it once was. Smallpox is no longer a problem. Infant mortality is at an all-time low. These causes of death seem to be more or less controlled. But how many people die from these other diseases that seem to pop up? You have dementia, cancer, heart disease, just to name a few. People keep on dying as we find cures. And if a disease doesn't kill you, think about all the abortions, all the murders, and all the wars going on in the world. Think about how many lives have been ended in those ways, too. Now, we keep on finding the cure, but we keep on dying anyway. If we face the reality of death on our own, we can only end up despairing. We can't run away from death. We can't control death. We can't argue with death. There's no place we can go where death won't catch up with us. Relying on ourselves, we just have to give up. It's depressing. Sometimes we talk in circles around the subject of death just to avoid it entirely. We maybe talk about someone who's passed away. Or maybe we're just being sensitive to people's emotions when we talk about those people who are no longer with us. 
yes, maybe it's polite, maybe it's the best thing to do, but really you're ignoring the fact that that person that we're talking about is dead. They're cold and unresponsive. We can never bring them back to life. There's a reason why death is so repulsive to our senses of sight and smell. We have to hide bodies away. We don't leave bodies where we find them once they die. We hide them. Death is terrifying. Death makes us uncomfortable. When we face death on our own, we realize there's nothing we can do. But we can rely on someone else. We can rely on the God who raises the dead. The God who tells us death isn't a natural process. It's unnatural. It was not my will for people to die. And all those problems that we have that cause us to struggle with death, God doesn't have those problems. He doesn't have a long line of ancestors who have died and passed on a corrupted body to him. He doesn't have his own debt of sin he has to pay off. Death doesn't control him, but instead it's the opposite. He controls death. He is the giver of life, and he promises to give you life too. He showed how serious he was with this promise to give life by sending his son Jesus to live for us, to die for us, and to pay off our debt of sin forever. Jesus, who is God himself, could not be held by death for long. In three days he rose from the dead, and with that promise of his resurrection, he promises to raise each and every one of us too at the last day. He gives us the promise of new and eternal life. He gives us the promise that he has paid our debt of sin completely. A debt that is completely paid. All we do is believe. And as we heard in our earlier lesson, it was credited as righteousness to Abraham for believing. It is by faith, by believing, by trusting in God and his promises that we have righteousness too. This is a promise we can always trust and always rely on. But with our lives, we become so busy, we become so distracted, we often forget that we had a Savior who lived for us, who died for us and paid that debt of sin. It's all too easy to forget that we had a Savior who rose from the dead and promises to raise us too. It's all too easy to forget that Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at God's right hand, interceding for us on our own behalf. It's all too easy to forget that we need and have a Savior. And that is why God gives us hardships and the fear of death, to turn us to him, to remind us we need God. We can always rely on the God who raises the dead. Even Paul needed this reminder. Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthians, said he feared the sentence of death. He felt as if he was going to die, and he despaired. Paul, one of the greatest evangelists who spread the gospel throughout the entire Roman world, someone who knew who God was, even needed that reminder of death. But once he saw that he couldn't rely on himself, he was turned to God and he realized he could always rely on the God who raises us from the dead. God gives us hardships in our own lives too for our own good. Perhaps you are arguing with a spouse or a loved one more than you ever thought possible. Perhaps all the appliances in your house keep on breaking on you for some unexplained reason. It can be frustrating. Perhaps your job is stressing you out like it's never stressed you before. Maybe grades or bullies in school make you nervous, make you don't want to ever go to school again. Perhaps you or a loved one face death close at hand. God gives us all these troubles and this fear of death so we can turn to him 
so that we know we could always turn to God. We can always trust and rely in him. He takes care of our biggest problem. He doesn't need voters to vote for him so he can fix this problem. This isn't a promise of a politician that will probably never be fulfilled. He promises that he will raise us from the dead. That's a promise you and I can trust in. We can rely in God. We can rely on this God who's made himself known as the God who raises the dead. He showed us this when he raised Jesus, and he promises to raise both you and me too. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.